Whether packing for a destination vacation or planning a staycation, Macy's has everything you need. Summer's almost here, and I'm so excited to take a trip with Bryn. We are planning it right now. We are heading to Macy's before we pack to grab new shoes we can wear all day with anything. I'm excited to lay in the sun with key pieces from Macy's, like my new Dolce Vita sandals and Levi's skirt. I am ready to relax and look and feel amazing. Oh, how good that sounds. Of course, I can't forget a new beach bag. I have been eyeing the collection of beach bags from Macy's, and I can't wait for you to see what I choose. Shop at Macy's.com slash own your style. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Imagine a sharp, stabbing pain on your skin. Sounds like a nightmare, right? While individual experiences may vary, it's how some people describe shingles. This painful, blistering rash could interrupt your life for weeks. It could even force you to cancel social events or weekend plans. Over 99% of adults 50 years or older already carry the virus that causes shingles. One in three people will get it in their lifetime. Why wait? Ask your doctor or pharmacist about shingles today. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Stalkers. Oh my God. I can't. Okay. So here's the thing. We have to talk about plans. We have to talk about plans and the difference between the people who stalk you for plans and the people who don't care about plans. And I'm sure that both are equally guilty. And this is sort of related to, I guess I could later do another rant on being a good or a bad friend, um, what the definition of that is, but maybe we'll flow into that. Okay. So I have a friend who for years, for decades, has been a plant stalker. And what I mean is they will say, what are you doing? Are you around this weekend? And then you say yes, and now you've entered the mafia. Yes, I am. Okay. Do you want to do blah, blah, blah on Saturday? Or do you want to go somewhere Friday? Do you want to make plans? And it seems super loose. It's not that locked in. It's just, no, whatever. Maybe we'll grab dinner. Now you've entered the second realm of the mafia. And then... The weekend comes and then it comes closer and it still feels safe. And then you say, yes, okay, Saturday. Now we are cooking. Now the texts are flying in. The phone calls, the texts, the details. Where? What time? When? Are we going or coming? Are we eating or not eating? Are we drinking? Are we doing a drink before? Let's do this. Should we go to that place? I like that place. I wanted to try this place. I want the other place. I don't like that place. I want to go back. 
get me the fuck out of this plan now. I want out. Now I have panic attacks. Now I have hives. I don't want to be part of this. I don't know what I signed up for. I didn't want this job. I don't like it. I'm not going to work. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I'm going to cancel. I know I'm going to cancel that day. I have a fever. I have COVID. I, I, I'm pregnant. I have twins. I, 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 I can't do it. I don't know. And then I start panicking on the day of the plan because of the anxiety stalking about the plan that I start finding my, I start digging my way out of the hole. I just can't do it. It's too much pressure. And so then that happens. And then I start to try to do it differently. And I start to try, yeah, no, we're totally loose. I just, I don't like to make a lot of plans. So like, I'm not a big planner and my whole life is planned within an inch of its life. So let's just keep it loose. Yeah, no, no problem. No problem. But then somehow it starts keeping in. Okay. Hi. What's up? So what's the story for tonight? I'm like, hi, I'm going to get a restraining order. I need a TRO and you need to stay 15 feet away from your telephone with my phone number in it. So I realize this is me being insane also, like, or maybe solely, I can't explain it. So one night, and this happens to certain people too. There are some people, you know, you make the plan and you've locked yourself in and you don't know what you're doing. And that's the same type of person that you have to make the plan with. Otherwise there is no plan. So it's not like, I like the people and 90% of my world are people that it's just like, yeah, whatever. We'll text that day. Yeah, cool. I'll check in with you. And I make that plan so many times, by the way. I'm night, I'm free. I'm a homebody. And I'm really, really very close to agoraphobic. Everybody that works with me or knows me or has lived with me, and even introverts, says that I am the single greatest homebody that they have ever encountered, short of someone that's like in a straitjacket in a padded cell. Like I seem social because I'm gregarious and I'm sarcastic and some find me humorous, but I don't leave my house and I don't leave my pajamas unless I'm being paid. I mean, except with the exception of doing things for my daughter, but putting hair and makeup on, that's like being paid, okay? That's why I was built for a podcast. So one night I was going with Paul to, ah, work doesn't count. If it's a work plan and I still try to get out of all of those and make them shorter and make it the window tighter and stack it, stack it, stack it. So I only have to work on that one day and put it in this window and I don't want to breathe for one second or eat or pee. I just want to be done and then get to be free. I'm not that person that wants to be busy. I'm that person that wants to be free. I'm not that person that wants to be working. I'm that person that wants to be vacationing, cocktailing, walking on the beach, doing yoga, laughing and, and buying things online. That's who I really am. And pumpkin picking and jumping in the ocean at all of that but like this I don't count as work because this is me ranting and I do need a place to have an outlet so I'm going with Paul to go to something that Kelly Ripa invited me to it was right when I had done the today uh Kelly and Ryan and um they invited me to something at Gelman's house which is business to me and it's business meets pleasure. And it means it's a reason to get dressed and look cute and see Kelly. But it's also slash business and it's also slash obligation because, you know, I'm kissing the ring of Gelman who puts me on the show. And it's just you're playing the whole game and you're running. You're knocking out all of those pins with one bowling ball because 45 people that you won't see for two years will be there that one day. And you are just stacking. You just get in there. You're networking. You're having fun. You're having a cocktail. You put on some lashes. You wore a nice bag. You get a compliment on your shoes. You, someone took your picture. You did it all. Mention it at all. So I say to my friend who I had had a plan with on Friday night with her husband, she says, do you want to have plans Friday night? I said, well, I, yes. And then I said to her, 
I actually got invited to something. I'm always honest, always straightforward. I don't care what anyone thinks. I'm not a liar. I'm not, I just tell the truth. I don't want to do this or I want to do it or this is what's happening. So I got invited by Kelly and Ryan to go to Gelman's on Saturday and I really want to go and I should go because it's good for me and because I do their show and I never do anything and it gets whatever and it's blah, 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 things I just told you. So I said, so we can't go out Friday night. She goes, well, anyway, maybe it's done early and maybe you'll want to go to dinner because we're just around. And I said, Oh, okay. Well, I don't want to hold you up and make plans. We're not making other plans. We won't make other plans. If you're done early, we'll be just around. We're not doing anything. Quote, unquote. Okay, well then, but I'm not going to make a problem. I don't know. We could go out to dinner with them after. They could ask us to dinner after we would go. Or who knows? Or maybe we're buzzed and I, I don't know. Okay, no worries. We're not doing anything. Just you can call us at any point. Okay. We're in the middle of the party and I decide... Let's be cool. Let's be nice. Let's do it. We're here. We're ready dressed. We already had a couple of cocktails. Let's go be social. So I text my friend and said, we can meet you for dinner. As Julia Roberts said in Pretty Woman, big mistake. Huge. Now we're at the party. My phone starts blowing up. Ringing. Ringing. It's 2021. My fucking phone is ringing. Paul's pocket, ringing. We're looking at each other. We're talking to someone. We're uh, talking to Noah, who owns Marquee. Then we're talking to Tamron Hall. Then we're talking to Kelly's husband. Then we're talking to um, Allie Wentworth, George Stephanopoulos' wife, who I love. And, like, it, it's Gelman. His wife is great. Like, interesting people. Like, these. this is a cool party. So... Now my phone's blowing up. His phone's blowing up. I'm in the moment. We're having fun. I'm like, here we fucking go. The mafia is calling. Now we have to go put a hit out on someone. We are on time. We're always on time. The reservation was at 8 o'clock, okay? It's probably like 30 to 8 or 45 minutes before, whatever. Then the text. The text blowing up. The text blowing up. The text blowing up. Now it's like 8 o'clock and we're finally uh, like five minutes away there. We're going to be five minutes late, okay, for this thing that started at 8 o'clock. 50 texts. I pick up the phone. I'm like, what? What? We're with you. We're coming. We're on the way. What? I don't know. It's not me. It's my husband. He wants to know where you are and what the table's under. Whatever. Please relax. Get out. Have sex. Get a vibrator. Do something. Run. Have an orgasm. Eat a chocolate sundae. Have a fucking cocktail. Have a three-way. Do an orgy. Do something. Leave me the fuck alone. I'm on the goddamn way. I'm never making plans again. So... That's a really good friend of mine who I love. And I later said to her, you gotta, you gotta, we gotta talk about this. Like, you gotta take it easy because you, no, it was not me. It was my husband. It's blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, this has been going on for decades. You worry about the plan. You gotta stop. And I love you and you don't have to take my advice, but I need to be loosey goosey. Okay. I can't have like this go on. And you know what? It's never happened again. She is no longer a plan stalker. I did a plan stalker intervention and it worked. More plans with her. Or no plans and now she knows not to make plans. But by the way, as a result, I've made 25 plans with her because I've been like, hey, want to do this? Want to come on the boat? Want to go for a walk? Want Because now the noose is off my neck. Thoughts? Do any of you know any plan stalkers? Or equally as offensive people like me who do not want to be committed to anything. My guest today is Brooke Shields, mom, actress, Broadway performer, 
and model. We cover everything from how her parents kept her humble while she was a famous teen to taking control of her career and finances in her 20s and now how her relationship has changed with fame, vanity, and of course, social media. We are talking about why chasing relevance is so dangerous and the importance of doing things for the joy of it. How are you? Nice to see you. How nice to see you. You look so pretty. Oh, thank you. I got a glam squad. I did? I did. I have to, um, I needed my hair blown out (laughs) and done because we're flying to England tonight and um, we have to go to a wedding. And so I want to like- Headstone. And just keep it there and and try to make it last. Put rollers on. I'll put rollers on on the plane. Yeah. That'd be very Um, pretty. (laughs) Well, thank you for doing this. I'll start just by asking you, are you, you were famous at a young age. Were you sort of ever resentful of that path being planned for you? You know, we often say people who are, you probably say it about your kids. They didn't choose this. They didn't ask for this life or putting a mic on kids on reality shows. They didn't ask for this. So you're literally the quintessential earliest example of that, that I can think of. So what about that? Um, I never resented it because I didn't know life without it. So, and you know, it wasn't, it wasn't as if, oh, I wanted to be an actress and then I became a famous actress. And then all of a sudden I lost my privacy. You know, I basically never had privacy. You know, my, my, um, (laughs) my first period was, was, put on people magazine, you know, that then it, you know, I mean, it was, they, it was actually not correct too, which is interesting. That's what I was more mad about. I was like, it wasn't even true. Um, (laughs) but so I, I didn't have what I see in a lot of, um, people who go from relative anonymity to fame, you know, so I, it didn't rob me in that way. And the, uh, the odd part about it was it was, it, there was a part of it that grew with and out of. So it's, I'd been modeling my whole life and then that grew into the eighties modeling, which then grew into Calvin's and, and, and all that. So that it did have sort of a path where you, it's not as much about fame as it is about, um, notoriety and success for something you're doing. So my opinion was I was selling these jeans and they made the price, then they made the sales go up and that gave me, you know, pride because I'd done my job. Or if Blue Lagoon was a box office or something, I did my job. I was a, a dutiful student, kid, follower, rule follower. And the rewards that I got were in the success of what I was doing with a bunch of other people. Do you know what I mean? So it was like that. It always came before me. And in my private life, my mom never let me um, out of the house. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I should have not let her out of the house. That's, that would have been a better move. Um, my mom never let me move to California, get my high school equivalency test, um, you know, go live the life and, and just be an actress, be a child actress. And that's all that I was going to be. We stayed in New York City. I, we went to regular schools all through grade school. And then I went to Dwight Englewood in high school and I was surrounded by not one actress, except for Laura Linney. And we were in grade school together for three years, but, and we were very good friends. Still are. Um, so there was this, and then my father's life didn't acknowledge anything that I did professionally. 
they never went to see any of my movies. They, they only, my dad and my stepmom and my sisters only came to see me when I was on Broadway. So 30 years, you know, later. So I grew up with this compartmentalized way of living with my mom. It was Bohemian in New York city. And we were take, doing photo shoots and photographers lofts and going to studio 54. And it was fabulous. And then my dad's house was dinner at a certain time. Kids eat in the kitchen, you know, adults have their cocktail hour and I am not famous. I am not recognized. I'm not special. Do not do anything to bring attention to yourself. Interesting. Well, I think the most interesting thing that you said to me was that it didn't matter whether you were born into academia or any other world, you created a path and just had some sort of internal instinct or from your parents to work hard, to understand that putting one foot in front of the other and shifting and pivoting, even at a young age, you were creating a success in different arenas. One was modeling and selling the jeans. Another one was box office. And so that's true. It's not, it's all internal. And it also preceded me. Do you know what I mean? It it gave me one layer of separation from the craziness of it. I understand, but you you had to do it. You were the, you were the work, you were the worker. You were the, you were the rainmaker and being pretty does not make rain in and of itself. It, it, no. it won't last. I mean, no. it, it can do it for a minute, but it's a, it's a flash in the pan. So I find that to be to be um, interesting. I, I know the work ethic. Yeah, exactly. Well, so I always ridiculous. I mean, I have I I did a photo shoot yesterday, and you know everybody's starting to get like you know delirious at fourteenth hour, and I don't know how to let that take over me. I just go harder. You know, yes, I'll do. I'll jump in the ocean at, at you know eight o'clock at night, and we'll get that picture. And yes, I'll do that. And oh, yes, this hurts, but it's okay. There's just a, a way of working and a work ethic that I was so I I prided myself on because I got rewarded by it. I was approved of. People liked me. You know, I got a, I got a gold star. It's, <laughs> it stays with you, and it's interesting because I always say it's not about Instagram filters. It's not about fame. You cannot be successful if you don't work hard. So it's very comforting to entrepreneurs, budding entrepreneurs, to say to them, you can have all that other stuff and that all is the frosting, but the cake is the old school hard work ethic. And you've talked a lot about your relationship with your mother, so I don't want to drone on about that. But where do you think that that drive came for her to want that for you so young? Like, why did she want that for you or was she wanting it for her? Did you think this isn't for me, this is for you? No, we were us against the world. We were the duo and the team. And she was divorced when I was five months old from my father, said, I don't, you won't have to pay anything, but put this kid through school. That's all she wanted. They had a very amicable, neither one of them ever said anything bad about the other person. And I, um, she was, she was an alcoholic. That was the toughest part of, of living with her, but she was very, very poor. She was from Newark, New Jersey. She wanted to invent herself. Otherwise Mm -hmm. she did not, she wanted to get across that, that water and, and form herself into an upper East side woman who wears Gucci and is quaffed and beautiful and intelligent. And she street smart at the same time. And she would try to make up for the fact that she didn't go to college by knowing all the manners and, and knowing worked, everything. And she did it. She, and she really did it. I mean, my dad 
you know, fell, fell for her and she was in the right place at the right time. And, and she was basically welcomed and, you know, this other side of life, which was like the beach club or, you know, famous places like that. And then here she has this baby, right. And the baby is hers. It's unconditionally hers. You know, her father died. Her mother was a horror of a human being. The, you know, she was basically rather estranged eventually from her siblings and she was alone. And you wouldn't really ever know anything really personal about my mom. If you really think about it, she never divulged. I'm your anything. mother, it turns out. <laughs> I'm, your, I'm, I'm not an alcoholic. My mom was. I'm your mother, it turns out. Okay, so fascinating. You, I were, you must have been a baby when you had Wow. Well, well, I'm, yeah, no, I, I understand a lot of that. Well, wow. and so your father came from. Uh, means meaning that was a different world. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. He was. He went to um, um University of Pennsylvania. He was Upper East Side. His his father really never made his own money, but his father always married really wealthy women. <laughs> um, and and so my father was in that world. You know, he went to prep school and he was groomed to, you know, marry a Rockefeller or somebody. You know, and then of course he falls in love with. Terry from Newark, which just, you know, was not fitting into the plan. So she sort of cut it, cut him loose um, because she knew it he was going to, she was a, you can't fire me. I quit person. Right. You know, she would, she would break her own heart to spare herself from you breaking. I understand. Again, I'm your mother. Okay, great. So I'm your mother. (laughs) So um, the question is, what is your relationship to money? And success. What is what is your perception of money and success? Do you have noise about it? Do you how do you how do you work that out with your kids? A having money, made it your own, had it your whole life. It sounds like because you, you started making well, money. Well, no, um, I actually lost almost everything. Not one, but two times. Because for as much as we made, a it was different. It was a different time. But my mom and I just bought stuff. So you do this movie. We can get a house mm-hmm. in New Jersey. You do this, we we can get a, a car. You do that, we can get this. So it went into this pot and, you know, she was my manager, but didn't take a salary. And whatever we had was just, you know, you could own a tree. You could have a house in New Jersey and have a tree. Right. And she was all about property. So at one point we had five properties and no capital, none. She would, she's, she was this mix of being totally bad with money. As long as she could have something, you know, she could have credit card debt. And as long as she could have the thing in her hand, she would, it was, it was working out for her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was watching this all start to catch up to both of us. So I had to legally and emotionally, which was the hardest part, separate from her so that I could legally sell some of the properties so that we could become more liquid. At what age was and, that? What age? Oh, I was 17. So I really was later. I was 17 when I first started realizing that she would never really talk about investments. We sort of had this person who helped us and we would sign papers and that was it. Wow. But there was no education. She didn't know we were flying by the seat of our pants. And then it wasn't really until in my late twenties that I said, this is going to, I'm going to be destroyed by this mm-hmm. because I'm going to, I'm starting to, you know, do Nescafe commercials in 
in France for a Japanese company. Like, and I'm, you know, and I'm doing stuff that's so disingenuous to who I wanted to You're be not as organized. an actress. It sounds like you were disorganized. Disorganized. I didn't have an agent. We just needed money. So if right. they were going to offer you that thing in Japan, there was no through line. Yeah, I understand. That's, there yeah. wasn't a career. Yeah. You know, there wasn't. You were oh, just working. You did this movie. You were just working. Yeah. Here, go on to Broadway. That would be a good next move. No, there was no structure. But we were living the high life. You know, I mean, we had. She bought us jewelry and cars and houses, and and we. She gave everything to people too. She was extremely generous. She was the least cheap person that I'd ever really come into contact with, but the worst with money, which is probably why. Well, I say it's funny because I say to people, this guy Breck said to me, you can make a lifestyle out of a life, but you can't make a life out of a lifestyle. Mm. And so many people listening are probably working and making money and figuring out which way to go. That you said through line is very interesting to me because that's like the centerpiece of knowing what you're doing. And it could be in any career. What is the brand? And the word brand is overused, but what is the the theme? What are we doing? What's the baseline? What's the hypothesis? So in any career, you have to sort of decide what you're doing and it can change, but you have to have some sort of mental map and chessboard that you're working with. So it sounds like that's when you pulled right, it together. Right, and we didn't have that, you know, and I and right. I had said to um, my my ex-husband, my then husband, I, you know, I, we were, well, he wasn't an husband yet, but he said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to be an actress. And it was sort of like, well, then why are you putting your name on hair dryers? Like, and right. like Barbie dolls, like this, that, that isn't, Get yeah, organized. that wasn't it. And so, and we really, you know, I didn't, it, there was damage that was done too by that point because nobody in the industry knew what I was. Was I a model? Was I a serious actress? Well, I was going to ask this question. That was your lull. That was when you sort of went away and were more ambiguous in the world. Like you were Brooke Shields as a kid. I'm 50. We're close in age. I think I'm not going to give up your age. I don't know your age, but I, I'm 50. But, um, I'm aware of you. Like I'm, you know what I mean? I'm aware of that. I was like literally aware of Studio 54 and Calvin Klein jeans and lived for the Blue Lagoon. So I'm sort of there. So then I remember in my mind, that's why I was asking about perception. You sort of, I would never forget the name Brooke Shields. You're very always relevant because you're just an icon, but you did weren't around that much. You got married to uh, the t- tennis player and that's what I knew in my life. I first started to not be around. And when it, the real first kind of, Oh my God moment was when I went to college because I assumed, yes, I assumed I would just continue to make movies during the summer and I would go to college and then I would come out even more of a, an actress and a person and I could study in school and I could, and everybody would welcome me with open arms because then I was an intelligent, educated actress. Well, they certainly didn't want an educated actress in Hollywood, but in those four years, I had turned things down and people weren't waiting for me. They weren't going to wait and push the movie to the summer for me, you know, and all of a sudden I was, you know, I had gained weight and my hair was kind of weird. And, and I was in that sort of awkward stage of trying to come into my own just as a person. Right. And it didn't fit into Hollywood and no one knew really what I was. So I wasn't really 
and not a model anymore because I wasn't, I didn't look like one in the same way that mm-hmm. they wanted me to be. And Hollywood or whatever didn't want to, didn't know what to do with me because I was so famous. Did that mean I wasn't an actress? So by then I was so famous that I wouldn't even get parts because I understand. you couldn't forget it was me. So that's when I just started studying acting more and really delving into that and sort of, and that's when I went on Broadway. And it was when I went on Broadway that I realized um, that they gave me a for, a place because I had a job for over six months. And that's when I started systematically um, going through the properties and trying legally kind of extricating myself from my mother. How old were you then? That was by the time, let's see, I got out in 87. It was really 90. 394 okay. that I I because I had then taken acting classes and I started saying no to projects, which it had never occurred to me. Hey there. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico or Puerto Rico. My accent's not the best, but I'm trying. But I know Puerto Rico well. I've been there so many times. I Be Strong has done so many missions after Hurricane Maria. It is more than just a name. It is a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. The unique Bariqua spirit infuses the island's culinary landscape with a one-of-a-kind passion and point of view unlike anywhere else. I love Puerto Rico. I've been there twice in the last year. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. 
Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. If you could just say it in a sentence, what is your brand? Who are you to, to the world? I'm, on the one hand, America's sweetheart. <laughs> and on the other hand, this larger than life type of um like an icon i'm i vacillate between that because it's it's really hard to know what my personal brand is because i cross so many lines mm -hmm. so and over generations you know now kids are coming up to me for hannah montana's mom or wow. nickelodeon or uh, jane the virgin and their parents loved you know, Blue Lagoon or whatever. And now they have these kids and they feel comfortable with their kids seeing that in me. So they bring their kids to see me on Broadway. And so it's a, I'm a very confused, it's very confusing to put me in one, one sort of place. And that's caused me a lot of stress, but by the same token, I have such a versatile career, including writing books, in including the education that I got, including Broadway and television and film and modeling. So it's this, not many people that, that I know cross all those lines. You seem to me like a strong, honest woman. You seem like a power mom to me. That's what I get. But the through line is the right, is the word though, because that, that word, that concept, that sort of um, a connection is what I started cultivating so that even though the medium may change or the um, entrepreneurial part of me or the literary part, whatever that is, the piece that I was beginning to develop for the first time in my life when I went to college, when I learned just how to think and theorize and, um, and, and sort of come up with what I thought my hypotheses were, et cetera, my, I started forming as the through line. So that it didn't, I didn't work, I didn't, I didn't get freaked out by, right. am I this, am I that, am I this? No, I'm me. And I happen to be versatile and diverse and I love learning new things. So it freed me up from feeling that I had to be just one thing or 
my brand was weak and it didn't mean anything. Hard work is very important to you, but um, is relevance important to you? Being relevant and being busy because hard work is different. It could be quality versus quantity. Meaning, do you look at the calendar and if there's nothing going on and no one's asked you to do something, do you get worried or that's not part of this? When I don't have time doing comedy and filming something of some ilk like that, I atrophy. But it's about the the joy and the absolute meditative escape that I get when I was doing my television show or when I was doing comedy on Broadway. It's less about being relevant and more because to me, chasing relevance is really dangerous for me. And I I don't want to have that like hunger and, oh, I've got to, you know, yeah, I'll do TikTok, but I'm not doing it so I can get all the followers in the same way and be just like my kids. And I'm going to be younger now. And I'm going to love it. No, I can't because I've been relevant at every stage. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? In my own life. You like the outlet. I relate to this because you need, and that's where I don't love quote unquote television because of all the nonsense that comes with it. And I don't love all kinds of television because it doesn't give me that humorous outlet. And as much as I wouldn't want to go back to the housewives because of what I believe it represents now for women, I miss that ranting and that, that creative outlet. Yeah. Just the creative outlet of being able to be absurd and say absurd things and anything you want about anybody. And that's why this particularly, I love this because we're having a conversation and I'm very insular. So that's why I asked you that question. But also people crave, people crave fame in that way where you know, the clicking of the photographers and the yelling of your name and the red carpets. And, and that's sort of the symbol of what this is. I dread that. Same. I I dread dread makeup. I dread hair. Same. By the way, on my life, despise, despise. Yeah. I hate it. And agents all the time are saying, we got to get you in the front row. You've got to, and I'm like, how is that going to get me the the show produced? I'm like, it has nothing to do with me. I'm in pajamas. I like nice things. Fashion week is always a thing. You're going to come to, (laughs) no, US Open. No, this person's (laughs) box. No, I'm the same. Yeah, I come from, it's so funny. Oh, wow. I did a movie in over the pandemic, oddly enough. It was just such a gift. I couldn't believe it. For two and a half months, I was living in this bubble with the with the crew and cast in Scotland, and we managed to do a rom-com for Netflix. And can I tell you that aside from missing my children, I had a pep in my step. I woke up every day. I was just, because I got to go home and I grew up on movie sets, right. having those little inside jokes right. with the gaffers and the grips and, you know, having like a transpo guy. If some somebody looked at me the wrong way, he'd say, do you want him to leave with a limp? Right. <laughs> you know, it's camp. They it's protect like camp. me and it's, it's like camp and you're doing something and it's, it's not heavy drama. You know, I don't enjoy living in that space. So I, that it's always been, I don't crave being front center yeah, as I, me. I crave it as a character, but not as me. I got it. And, and well, also it's the necessary evil to be able to be you. You have, you can't be a nobody and then <laughs> do this work. So I'm saying, that's what you're saying. And nobody, you're not complaining about fame. I'm not putting you in that box. Nobody wants to hear famous no, people, no. but I'm, I get what you are saying. And so does everybody else listening. I just didn't covet it. You know what I mean? I never coveted it. Maybe it's because I, it was sort of always, I was always infamous. I was always controversial. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. fame and infamy to me were sort of synonymous and, and you know, that was, 
I was like, oh, you know, people say, oh, it's going to go into the radar. I'm like, nothing I do, no matter how much I want it to, is not going to go into the radar. So we have right. to be prepared, you know. Well, years ago, you used to, your weight used to be a conversation. You gained weight, you lost weight. And it seems that would seem to be a struggle for any woman, particularly younger. And my question is, are you, What's your relationship, not with weight, but vanity, looks, being young, Instagram, filtering, selfies, this new world of everybody. Our generation did not say, hey, look at me. I'm taking a picture of myself in a bathing suit. Like, what the hell is that? And we all are doing it because don't hate the player, hate the game. I can promise you, I hate all of it. I like the humor. I know that you like TikTok because I bet you like the humor. Mm -hmm. But like, it's so counterintuitive to be like, let me put the camera on myself and take a picture of you to show you how good I am, how rich I am, how my handbag, my ass, my face, my <laughs> what the fuck. So I want to know what you think about all that, because you grew up with other people taking your picture and being famous, you know, in your Calvins. But now you've got to be part of this whole universe. You know what? I think it's how you approach it, because at first I, I refused. I was just, you know, I'm not doing it. I don't get it. I don't want to take a picture of my food. I don't need you to know what I'm eating. I really don't, right. you know, and I don't, I, I, you know, I don't, I feel, I don't get into the time that it takes, you know, the rabbit hole of, of all of this that you get sucked into or mm -hmm. the time, you know, it, I don't know from filters or, or stuff like that, but. And then I, you hate that you're doing it, but then not doing it right. You'd rather do it and know how to do it or not do it. But if you're not doing it, then you're not doing it and you're not part of popular culture. And if you're doing it and you're shitty at it, then you look like you, then it's terrible. So it's like doing a bad movie. It's like the worst. I get it. But now I will lose jobs to influencers that don't, that Got aren't act actresses. You know, or my daughters will say, well, they're actresses. I'm like, really? Uh, what if the, what if, can I see something? And I'll be like, yeah, you should look like your TikTok. I'm like, that's not the same thing. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, it's like weird. No, um, but, but it, I, but I don't, um, I don't look down on them. I just, I'm in a different sort of mindset about it. However, I, if I'm up for something, it's a part of the conversation. How many followers do you have? How many? You have to get them up. We have to get them up. And I thought, wow, that's like them saying you're not thin enough. You need to, if you lost weight, you can get this role. Now it's the new, you don't have enough followers. You're fine that you, you are heavier because that's in, but not having followers is not in. I uh, switched at one point because I resented it. I hired people to help me understand, oh, it's national dog day and to put, gotta oh. put that on it. Blah, 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 blah. Right. And I was like, God, I want to read my book on my off time and I want to be with my children and who are probably on their computers anyway. Um but so but then I I started to have a again I found the purpose for it, meaning the career purpose promote this film, show the behind the scenes that you're comfortable with, let people in on the fantasy of you're riding a horse and over the, the, you know, beautiful countryside in Scotland in a gown. And, you know, right. that, the wish fulfillment piece. Um, I, it's exhausting though. It's exhausting. But if you have the right sort of team around you to help interface with it and yes. make sure you're not doing too much. Cause when I first started doing, doing it, I was, I would do like, 12 posts in it, like two hours. 
here's my food, here's my this. And I'd be like, I'm done, right? And my, my daughter's like, no, it's, and I was like, please don't tell me it's like this 24 seven. She said, it kind of is. I said, I need, I need a buffer and I need someone to right. teach me and tell me. Oh. And, and it became no sort of, um, it cross pollinated like, you know, between PR and, and the movie or PR and the, the my own company, which I started. I understand. It's more purposeful and you, you're or- yeah. organized. Again, you have a through line with it. You have a relationship with it versus it being scattered. But what about the vanity piece? Here's what's hard is that I was said to be a certain certain type of face. I was a, I was labeled beautiful. I was a face of a decade, which I don't understand who, what committee decides <laughs> that, but it must be God and all, all the, because it's very arbitrary, right. I feel. Um, but I was that, right? So just by virtue of getting older, I am a disappointment, meaning I don't feel this way, but if, if you're not careful, A is to B, B is to C, A is to C, right? So you are, I'm letting people down by not looking the way I did when I was 15. And a lot of the time people will say to me, oh, you know what, you're still, yeah, you're still okay. And you're thinking, well, no, I'm actually better now than I was, to be honest. So let's start with that. And let's, but the vanity piece of it, I will fall prey to it as, as easily. But then I, I bring myself back to reality and I, and I say, you can't be filtered and all of that. Listen, I want to show a good angle and I'm going to edit out a picture that, that I don't think is flattering to myself, but I'm not going to go in and heavy handedly smooth everything and take away every laugh line, not wrinkle laugh line, because that will just make me feel worse about myself. Whereas if I'm just who I am, someone who had postpartum, someone who struggled with the insecurity for my own reasons, someone who's never been skinny, someone who now has a huge scar on my leg and it's all uneven and right. That's who I really am. So I have to educate people and educate myself as to what I want to accept. And now, isn't that freeing though? Because I find and I'm never wearing, I don't have makeup. This will be on social media. My own friends who aren't public people say to me, how could you like post like this? You just do not care. My hair, I just don't care because I find it liberating. I can't explain it. It's like, Thank God there's no competing. You can't get there. You are not going to get there. It's a bottomless pit. Yeah. What are we going to do? I, the gig is up. Or the jig is up. Whatever it's called. The jig is up. I, the, I've, the I've something is up. The jig, the gig is up. I'm not 23. Uh, you know, we're not bouncing quarters off my ass and that's not happening. So I think it's sort of liberating. But I get what you're saying. When my I, vanity will, will be, will come in the form of, oh, I don't feel like I'm in shape because I haven't worked out in so long. Because so- Same. I'm going to hit it a little bit hard and that's going to give me a little like, oh, my stomach's more taut and oh, I have more uh, energy. And so I always want to be my best. Let's put it that way. Like I always want to be at least striving to be the, be the best that I can be within and limits too. Do you know, it's like, I never knew how to relax. And when I broke my femur, I mean, I've had to, to do nothing nothing, no exercise for so long. And that kind of, I would look at that as lazy, idle. Um, you know, I feel feel gross. gross. I feel, you know, just like a sloth. And I had to relearn about that too. I had to forgive myself and say, you need time to heal. And this looks like this, this is what healing looks like. 
there. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico or Puerto Rico. My accent's not the best, but I'm trying. But... I know Puerto Rico well. I've been there so many times. I Be Strong has done so many missions after Hurricane Maria. It is more than just a name. It is a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. The unique Bariqua spirit infuses the island's culinary landscape with a one-of-a-kind passion and point of view unlike anywhere else. I love Puerto Rico. I've been there twice in the last year. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and Native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. So you've been open about depression. So when you're depressed, because a lot of people have felt depressed, especially during the pandemic, even if they don't 
suffer from de- clinical depression. How does it affect other people thinking it's about them? Like, how do you divide that and, and make people around you realize it's literally, it's not you, it's me? Because I would think that if you're depressed or if you have hormones or if people are menopausal or whatever is going on in their life, other people, like, or, or if people just aren't happy on them on their own, you have to deal with other people. So those people often think it's them. And I want to know how you recognize and then define and, and clarify that. Well, first of all, when that kind of a reaction, you're met with that kind of reaction, inevitably it is about that other person. Because if you are all of a sudden different than they know you to be, positive, upbeat, generous, laughing, whatever the whole thing is, you know, making people feel good about themselves. All of a sudden you're struggling, their world changes. Um, mm-hmm. Kids, their world gets threatened if mom's crying. What, what does that mean for them? You know, their whole sort of foundation from the time they were little, you know, you, I always had to balance that. So I, when I was crying once in the car and my and four-year-old said, mama crying, and I said, I was like, oh God, do I say to her, no, I just got something in my eye and your instincts are wrong. Or do I say, yes, and can you believe that this happened? No, she's a child. What does she need to know? She needs to know that I'm going to be okay and that she's going to be okay. So I said, yeah, mom's a little sad today, but I'm going to be okay. I love you. You are so loved and you are very safe. And she goes, oh, I'm crying. And I was like, that's it. That's all I get. <laughs> but, but it was really interesting because I, I learned at a young age that it's always about the other person. You know, it's like, and, and people don't want change. They don't want growth. It's like, it's why you lose people when you, you become, people become sober. They all of a sudden, friends of theirs have to drop away because they don't know how to relate to a sober mm-hmm. person, a, that person sober. So postpartum, I took so much of the blame myself until I learned what it was and everybody else was just spiraling, but they, they didn't think it was about themselves, but they thought that they had the answers and Oh, stop breastfeeding. Oh, don't do that. Or you're not getting enough sleep. Oh, my oh, God. Okay. why don't I, you know, do this? And it's like, no, you don't understand. You can't help me. And I, you know, I appreciate your non-knowledgeable advice is nobody with doctors, but you know, I, I realized I had to become educated about it myself so that a, I could take the onus off of myself thinking I was just a terrible person and made a huge mistake and played God because I used IVF and yeah, you just beat yourself up and all these things. And, and so that was the first piece. And then I had to have I had to turn it around and have more empathy for the people that were making it about themselves because they had no idea what was going on and they weren't feeling the feelings. So I had to really gently tell them that this really was something that I was going to do my hardest to get through and past, but that it really wasn't anything that they could change, did wrong, did differently, but that I would, I would like it if we all were able to learn about this together. And so they became a little bit more knowledgeable and therefore more empathetic instead of fearful and sort of self-absorbed. 
was everybody stronger as a result? Like, was your really, I don't want I don't want like to pry, you know, so I dipped my toe in the pool. Yeah. Well, it didn't really make us closer at first because what happened was I was so disassociated with the baby that he swept in and he had this unbelievable bond with the baby. And I was even more left out in my and opinion, more insecure about and it. then yeah, I get more that. resentful. And I started resenting yeah. their, you know, connection when all you want for your daughter or child I get it. to be happy. But, you know, I was mm-hmm. like, I, now I can't now really great well aren't you guys happy good luck with your happy life so (laughs) I you know so I it did not make us closer it all and that's very male that's very male with women how the women do I mean just stereotypical but you know the women want to do everything that the man comes in and does gives one lollipop yeah yeah he was afraid of it it was like one lollipop and a whole life is made right yeah I I I get it I get it sorry and but then the you know that was just it was so isolating to me with regards to her, but then, but the raising of children has brought us much closer together because we're together in the, in that journey. And if we ever start to part mm-hmm. or, and I say like, I need you on my side with this. You can't, you can't contradict me in front of them. You can't give them permission to be disrespectful to me because you're being disrespectful to me and vice versa. So team, you have to be on the same page, yeah, have to. which is not a, because they, they, which isn't always, they're only on their team, the kids. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I guess that brings me to something that's important. And we, I talked to very successful people who are in relationships with other successful people and the definition of success, success. I mean that both people are successful in business on, in some regard. So what, um, what if, what are your experiences about successful relationships? It's how long have you been married? We're in our 21st year. I've noticed that the willingness to like grow and change is really important to talk about because for instance when my when I met my husband I was much more broken my father was sick my show ended my best friend had died and I had had a difficult physical diagnosis and I was I was weak and mm-hmm. here was this strong pillar of strength person who was really funny, very much made me laugh and would, um, it's more taking the piss out of someone because I'm so international. Um, but he would make fun of me, you know, it would be, Mm -hmm. and, and they were all really nerdy geeky things that I did do, but it, Mm -hmm. it wasn't nasty. It was funny. And it made me laugh at myself. And I, I love, I loved it because I thought, Oh, he really knows me. You know, oh, there she is. Get the highlighter out. She's going to need a red pen and a highlighter on a like all my little idiosyncratic right. stick things, and mm-hmm. you know, imitating me, and and so and it worked because it endeared me to him and to myself, and it helped me not take things so seriously. And I loved that he had an inside sort of way with me. Um, I never mm-hmm. felt put down, but then. I started changing in my career and my life and my motherhood. And I started saying, no, wait, I have a different opinion. You know what? I'm not, I'm not, don't lead with, oh, she burnt the almonds or burnt the walnuts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not do that anymore because it actually doesn't fit for me anymore. And, but I'm not, right. but I'm not, it's not a bait and switch. I'm not going to just switch it up on you and then penalize you for it. There's going to have to be. So I'm, Evolution. I'm asking you to be cognizant of that. And he's come to me with certain things to be cognizant of. And I've, Very I remember it the next time or 
he'll say, you know, I don't know why you, um, why do you feel the need to talk about X? And I'll say, oh, you know what? Actually, that's a part of self-deprecation that I don't want to do anymore. You know what? You're right. I'm not going to do that anymore. And then if it wow. comes up, then he he's very receptive to, um, you can't say something like, calm down. That, that'll just make his head, right. head explode. Yeah. But, you know, if you wait you and you bring it to him with a calm, here's how I hear this. Can we work on that? And it's tiring. It's like, it's, as you oh, change in relationships, it's work. It's work. It's workshop. It is. But, it, I but I'm it. not the same I as it. I was when I married him. And if I, if he expected me to be, we probably would be divorced. You know, we. I get it. I really do. It's be. It's a well put. Paul will say to me, once again, the message is totally correct, but it's the messaging. You know, right. like, and it's totally true. If you say something in a, the appropriate way, and it just takes two seconds of time to say it right, versus, you know. And just saying you, you, me, how I feel versus saying you did, or you right. are, you know, little tools like that. But it's also, you know, I, it took him a long time to, if I voiced discontent about that was being, I was unhappy about something, he would launch into trying to fix it, fix it, fix it. And I finally had to say, look, I sometimes just need you to hear me. Just let me vent. Like, right. I'm not asking you to solve every problem, but I did in the beginning. Do I like, do right. I look good in this thing? Do you, you do, do I, you know, do I, do I like this food? <laughs> you know, which right. is the way I used to be with my mother, you know, right? people would say, well, That's do so you like the food or do you not like the food? And I'd be like, I never thought to consider it, <laughs> you know? And so right. it, there was a bit of that in our relationship. He babied you a little bit and then you grew up in the relationship. I wanted it, it too. Like, you I know? felt very comfortable being yeah. taken care of for a little while. Are you competitive at all? Because like I'm busy and you have that because you both have very serious careers. So I would imagine, and there's not similar careers, but not totally dissimilar. So is, how does that, is there a struggle with that? Um, no, we're, it's so different. And I champion his, what he's doing and his, I've always wanted him to direct and now he's directing more. So it's exciting. Um, I'm proud mm-hmm. of him. I will say it took me a long time to get over um, not, or to, to, <laughs> to not assume that because he was my husband, that I could be in every one of his movies. <laughs> I just assumed <laughs> that I was, you know, his, his muse and that everybody was going to want me. And, you know, they, they didn't, you know, so I, I, you know, Oh, that's hard. That it's, you know, when it was true. true. And finally I said to him one day, I was like, Oh my God, babe, I'm so sorry. I have been putting this on you quietly and overtly, which is the worst. And I said, and I've mm-hmm. been, I've been pining for it. And then I've been resenting you. And I was like, there's enough work to go around. I am fine. Please take me, like, take me off the list. Right. Because right. I, it's, you know, it's inevitably didn't work. And I don't right. just because like, pressure too. I didn't pressure yeah, I didn't, on everybody. It wasn't owed to me, do you know? And yeah, you know, he That's wasn't amazing. the type of, he wasn't directing, but he wasn't the type of director that was going to that put his wife in everything. He's going into those rooms, right? Those producer rooms and the hearing, he's hearing everything that networks say he's hearing everything that the executives right. say. It was so much better for him to, in his mind, in that way, divorce himself from me because it's so brutal and he would, it's too much for him to have to take. I'm not saying everything was negative about me. You might not be the best thing for the film. Period. See, that's, it took me a while to get around to that. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, that's just the truth for every Whatever they're film. looking for. I don't mean to. I didn't mean that as a no, guess. I meant you don't know whatever the Every film is. has that. And I didn't know that until I became a producer. And you'd see someone with a lot of talent and you'd think, oh, yeah, they're, unfortunately, they're too tall. They're a brunette. They're blonde. Mm-hmm. They need to be a little like. And so once I sort of was on the other side of that, once I started producing, then I started thinking, oh, my God, it's not personal. They all have talent. You know, the assumption is if you're coming in on something or they're looking, they're considering you, the assumption is you have talent. Right. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been in that room. Right. So, you know, that was a learning curve for me, too. But when I released him from... Did you write for me? Did you write for me? Do you write anything for me? Are you going to pick something for me? You know, I wasn't that bad, but I, I, I'm sure he felt it like that. Right. It just grew, flourished. It, it just brought, it broadened our horizon together. I, I cut him loose, you know, from right. my insecurities and needs. And, and then it also made me go like self-advocate, Brooke, you know, do you like your agents? Do you not like your agents? I'd never even been with agencies before. It was all my, only my mother. That brings me to, I guess, the last thing I wanted to ask you, which was of your career, not of your life, not your kids um, or your marriage, but of your career, your rose and your thorn, the high and the low. My high was suddenly Susan. Absolutely suddenly Susan. I could not wait to get to work every day. Um, and I'd never been in sitcoms before. So it was it was a lot of thinking on your feet, a lot of rememorization and having to, to pivot and really, and I love that type of um, in the trenches kind of a thing. And, and it was the first time I ever really got to be funny Ah. and do it and know, and know that I'm good at Mm -hmm. it and learning more all the time and finding, finding my own sense of humor and, and self and that type of actress. Um, Thorn, I did a Broadway show first time I was going to originate it. And I should not have been cast as the character. Um, my strength on Broadway is doing all of it um, well enough. You know, I, I'm, I'm the whole package. I can dance enough, sing enough, act enough, be the, and then have the name, whatever they need for box office, right? So I'm the whole package. Put me in a spotlight and have me sing opposite Jeno, you know, not going to happen. Like put me opposite the best person in whatever Broadway show who's a real hover in the, uh, that not going to outdance that person. So I got hired to this job and it vocally wasn't in my range. Um, it was, it was just, it was doomed from the beginning. I broke my hand. Sounds terrifying. It was terrifying. And I worked so hard and I was working against, it wasn't, it wasn't right for me, but they wanted me to get the right. financing and they wanted my name to get the financing. And, and then what, what, then what started happening was I started getting criticized for not being talented because I was out. You were, you were all of a sudden put on the field in the Super Bowl and you're like, I tossed the ball around, but I'm not, you yeah, know, Tom Brady. Exactly. And there's right. that, that sounds horrifying. And it was, and and I mean, every sign in the world was put towards, I tore my calf muscle. I broke my hand completely through, but I didn't want to quit. I didn't want to, oh. and this was my chance to originate a role. And I, and they kept saying, well, we're going to rewrite it. So I kept thinking they were going to write it for me, but they knew what they wanted. And they, they, you know what I mean? They weren't, 
And so, and they, and I worked so hard. I worked, I was, I trained every day and I had, you know, definitely leaps and bounds, but when it got right down to the singleness of it, I wasn't able to be, it wasn't funny enough. I didn't do any dancing in it. Well, the pressure too, you can't work like that. You probably couldn't even be free enough to be creative. And that's a good message for people that it's good to challenge ourselves, but you don't want to get too far over your skis. Cause if you do, you're lucky you were able to recover from it. It could have affected your career very, very seriously because that stuff happens. You go into something and you're like, I'll figure it out. And you, like I said, you have to push it. Like in yoga, you want to get a little bit stretched, but you don't want to have pain. No. Otherwise, you're going to hurt yourself. And that happens in business too, if you go too far. It does. And then what happens, I mean, I can learn a lot from you in business, but um, I then, I said to everybody, um, I I don't want to, I should not take this to Broadway because unless it changes, I will, I, I will, it's like being in front of a firing yeah. squad. I was like, this is a, this is a wrong mistake. Career destroyer. And a career destroyer. And they had gotten the financing from my name attached, but then they switched it around and they ended up unbeknownst to me casting somebody else. And they were supposed to give me right of refusal. And I was, you know, to go to Broadway, I was supposed to say, do I want to take it to Broadway or do not? So I, I thought I was going to get a chance to actually voice that. So I sent it to my agents and stuff and they went <laughs> in such a way and they hired this other girl and they opened on Broadway while I was doing Adam's family on Broadway and, and they closed in a week. What a, that was a dodged bullet. Wow. That's dodged a good bullet. thorn. That's like, a, actually, that's also a rose because you got out of that. I mean, that's like a rose and a thorn wrapped in one because if you had done it, that would have been brutal. But it wasn't unscathed. Yeah, no, okay. You know, it, you know, the press was like, well, she's never been, you know, a vocal powerhouse. Yeah, it's like, yeah it just was. Yeah, no, I have, guess what? I've never, I never said I was. A great way to show all your <laughs> flaws it, when you didn't do anything wrong. That's unbelievable. Well, and when I do a broad, if I do a cabaret show, it's a show in its entirety. I'm not going to stand in front of a mic Adele. and knock your socks right, off. Right, right, I, right. I you know, but it's, I, and like, I can't look at that as failure, you know? No. Because guess what? The, those people of the world couldn't sing and dance and act in Wonderful Town on Broadway either. Not their forte. You know, yeah. it's like, and I don't really believe in knowing your lane. Well, we've learned more from our failures we learn more from our failures yeah. and our successes for sure. You know? Yeah. So that, what an amazing, see, I know so much <laughs> more about you now. I'm so thrilled. And Jill was so excited <laughs> for us to talk and I'm just so excited that thank you did you, this. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and just to spend this time together and now we know each other. Well, I feel much better. And now when I, my launch, my show, my, my, um, my podcast, which I will be doing, I'll, I'll come and we'll chat then again too. <laughs> I would love that. Okay. Well, tell Chris I said hello. Love to your family and Thank have you. an amazing day. Thank you. You too. That was so lovely. Uh, Brooke Shields was so wonderful to talk to. Every guest is so different. And that was more of a free flowing woman to woman conversation, really getting inside who she is and her journey. I love it so much. Uh, her website is beginning is now, and we wish her the absolute best. That was a delight. So thank you so much for all of your comments. Remember to rate review and subscribe. 
uh, loving all the comments, loving the ratings, um, and we're doing really well thanks to you. So I appreciate you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.